airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. I'm eager to um, have you join our discussion today. I think this is one of those things that we'll just kind of talk out just a little bit and see what it is that maybe, I don't know, all of us might be missing to some extent. So um, we'll see. We'll we'll just get into it and then... um, We'll see how that all goes. First of all, I want to just say um, thank you so much to all of the couples who came out last oh, night to spend the evening. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was cool. I I really really enjoyed it. Okay, like yeah. you you know, fun <laughs> is still cool, right? You can still you can have fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think we had a good time, and I think also um, I hope that there was an encouragement that went forth um, for husbands and for wives, and. Um, that we just had an opportunity to laugh a little bit and to take a sober look at the institution of marriage and, Mm. um, you know, explore what it is that God was doing Mm -hmm. through the institution of marriage and Mm -hmm. the uniqueness of this institution. So anyways, um, I think, I think, I think it was good. Yeah, it was a great time. I I think, uh, it was a great, um, celebration of marriage, you know, of God's design and, uh, it was encouraging to me to see so many uh, couples, you know, mm-hmm. there, were, there were couples there, married couples, married almost 40 years and uh, more, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it, it, it's amazing. And it's and it shows me that God's standard of marriage, people still care about, Amen. you know, within the body yeah. of Christ, you know. And so it was very encouraging. Yeah, we have an opportunity to live in front of a watching world mm-hmm. um, what we say we believe rather than just, you know, decrying what what we stand against. Yeah. And I think we can do a better job of that. We can celebrate marriage. We can encourage one another. We can laugh. Um, we can win fun prizes. You know, we can <laughs> play game um, shows. We can play game shows. Don't give too much away. Okay. You know, that's, those are the secrets of the people who attend. Um, but no, it's it's fun. It's it's a it's a great opportunity and um we look forward to doing the next one mm-hmm. uh coming to a town near you. Mm. So um just Keep your ears open for that. Um, anyway, what a blessing that the Lord allows us yeah. to play any type of role in encouraging the body of Christ and equipping the body of Christ. And, and I feel like that was um, a little bit of what we got to do last night. Yeah, definitely. And I and I also just want to plug this, uh, the Marriage Family Life Conference yeah. coming up uh, June 24th uh, to the 26th. If you uh-huh. go to marriagefamilylife.net, you can register now. It's wide open. Yeah. It's the early bird special. So mm-hmm. uh Right now, you re- right yeah, discounted rate, and there's hotel information there. There's all the information you need. There's a schedule uh, showing you what's going to be going on. And remember, this is a, a conference for the whole family, so bring the children, bring the kids, because we have a youth apologetics track as mm-hmm. well. And so we want to minister to the whole family. We want you guys all to come. So that's uh, June 
uh, 24th through the 26th is going to be here in Tupelo, Mississippi at Hope mm-hmm. Church. Uh, just go to marriagefamilylife.net and you can register today. And I want to say this too, this year's theme is by design and yes. that will encompass everything that we will tackle as it pertains to um, being able to give an apologetic or to give a defense for where we stand in culture. It is not something that we have made up. In fact, the things that we are defending in culture that we're equipping our kids Mm -hmm. even to defend, those things are inherent to the design of what we're talking about. Like Mm. the reason it should be defended is inherent to the design. Like it, it proclaims itself um, defensible, if Mm. you will. You know what Mm. I mean? Like these, these things, (laughs) we don't have to, dig too far down Mm -hmm. to be able to be equipped to defend where we stand in the culture. Um, But we will drill down um, over the two days of the conference. Anybody who's attended in the past, um, you know, you know, yeah. Okay. We're not there to play games (laughs) except for the times where we play games. Then then we're playing games. Um, But anyway, um, the registration is open now and there's an early bird special Mm -hmm. that runs, I think to April. Mm -hmm. Is that right? To April 1st. Um, yeah. We're not playing around. I know it's April 1st or April fools, but April 1st is the end of that. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Very good. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's the theme by design. You can go to marriagefamilylife.net. That's right. Marriagefamilylife.net. And uh, learn all the details there. Look at who some of the speakers are. Of course, we're going to be talking about this as we continue on Mm -hmm. um, highlighting some of the speakers and and what you can expect so that you can prayerfully consider if this is something that you want your family to be involved in. Uh, Again, when you bring your kids to this event, please know that your kids are not going to be babysat. That's right. They are going to be equipped to hold the gospel with the expectation that they'll be able to transfer that to the next generation. Right. Like we, we think very highly of children. We believe that the Lord has entrusted us with the children that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say us, I mean in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? This, this, um, this offspring that the Lord has given us because of having godly parents, like the expectation there that we would transmit our faith, that we would that we would teach our kids the gospel in our homes first and that they would get that gospel intact and pass it on to the next generation. Man, this is still the expectation. Yeah, this is definitely. this is still the expectation of how the gospel chiefly proliferates. Yes. So we are very serious about kids and very serious about equipping them. So um, in your consideration, just know that some of the conversations that you'll be having with your kids during the conference and after the conference um, may be a little bit intense, be, but good, like yeah, in a good no, way. It's, it's going to be great. And if you're looking for somewhere to go for your vacation <laughs> this summer, I think this is a great opportunity to build your faith, to have fellowship with other believers, to have your children uh, be ministered to. You know, if you're a youth group out there, you want yeah. to bring your kids. Look, it's wide open. We 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 desire to do this. You know, we mm-hmm. we we done it a couple times already, and it's been great each time. And people have uh, left saying they have been equipped. You know, and and uh, man, it's just an awesome experience. We would love to meet you. Mm-hmm. And again, marriagefamilylife.net. Just go and register, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. Let me say one last thing about the youth apologetics track. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the very first. I think it was the first conference that we did. Um, uh, Ryan Bomberger was there mm-hmm. and at the end of everything, which by the way, I mean, he stayed there until like the very end. I mean, like we were like packing stuff up, you know, mm-hmm. so we're just talking about it. And he said, okay, so I knew that there were kids here. He goes, but I thought that they were just like in sort of like, you know, you know, yeah. 
the babysitting <laughs> session, right? right? You remember this? Yeah. And he goes, and then I'm walking through the halls and he goes, and I hear these kids talking to their parents about what they're learning. Mm. And he goes, and I'm like, oh, okay. So like it's, they're yeah. actually at a conference. It's like, yeah, yeah no, they are, they are actually at a conference as well. Like they actually are getting equipped to defend the faith. Right. And so anyway, it's a good thing that people notice that yeah. because we work hard to ensure that that's what happens. Yeah. We don't, we don't want babysitters. When we look at the teachers who are involved in this, and in fact, Maria Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, the wife of Abraham Hamilton, the third, so you can call her Maria Hamilton, the first, um, <laughs> Uh, she's very serious about that. Yeah. She does. She's not uh, enlisting the help of babysitters. She's looking for people that one, if they are not trained in apologetics, she trains them. Mm-hmm. She gets them ready for the classes that the kids are going to be in. So anyway, it's going to be another great, uh, great conference. I'm looking forward to it by design. By design is the theme of that conference. So pray about that and see if that's something that the Lord wants you and your family to be a part of. You can learn more information by going to marriagefamilylife.net. And, marriage and one last thing, we actually yeah. even extended the age, you know, for the young people. And we have oh, a great right. couple that's going to be ministering to the, uh, the Warrens, the, yeah, yeah, to the older uh, kids. And so everything's covered. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we have something for everyone. And so uh, it goes until what, 17? 17. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. we want to make sure that we minister to the four, whole, whole four family. Four to 17. Four to 17. So we have that mm-hmm. all covered. You don't have to worry about a babysitter and all that kind of stuff, at, at least you know, if they're four to 17, you know, yeah. um, but we really want to minister to the family. So uh, this is a great opportunity. MarriageFamilyLife.net, MarriageFamilyLife.net. As yes. we get closer and closer, you will hear more and more. Um, prepare yourself for interviews around the conference. Um, this is a big deal for us here at the American Family Association. We believe that we are called to hold the line in culture. Um, and as an organization, we take that very seriously. This conference is another means by which we um Hopefully, we'll accomplish that. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, anyway, you'll be hearing more about it. Yes. MarriageFamilyLife.net, MarriageFamilyLife.net. Okay, here is the article, Will the Great. Okay. And I, I really want to um, kind of take my time with this. Mm-hmm. Not so much, um, you know, get up on like a, you know, apple cart. <laughs> Which I know there's some people like, oh, man. I don't know, man. That's what you do. I know. That's a shame. <laughs> They're like, man, get us you fired people. up, Mika. That's a shame, oh, you Mika. people. Mika, <laughs> that's a shame. They're like, no, let her go. No. <laughs> you shop that. Um, I really, I, I am sincere when I say I want to understand some things that I may not understand. So more so than just kind of like communicating what I am adamant about, mm-hmm. I, I want to ask more questions. I respect Matt Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, the, the work that he's done, I believe that he is serious about the gospel. Um, I, you know, I, anyway, and, and so, so here is the article and then Matt Chandler is mentioned in this article. So then I went back to listen to what Matt Chandler had to say, just cause I think it's good to try to get some context and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to have a conversation, but this is the headline of the article that grabbed my attention and then we'll talk about uh, Matt Chandler's contribution to this article, at least as he's quoted in okay. this article. Um, so 42% of Americans say churches are too segregated. All right. Mm. So this is a LifeWay study that has found that 42% of Americans say churches are too segregated. Now, the thing that's interesting to me about this article is that the headline does not tell you where this article is ultimately going to end up, which is kind of surprising because as, as the headline starts out, I expect that I'm going to get some data. I expect mm-hmm, I'm going to get mm-hmm. some data. Um, some questions have been asked and this stuff has been computed and they're going to spit back out some numbers to me. But really, and I'll just jump to the end here. Um, 
and then we'll go back to the beginning. The article actually ends up with, I think, um, by way of Matt Chandler, because they quote him here, the article ends up kind of like spanking the hands of Christians um, who are not, <laughs> excuse <laughs> the expression, who are not doing justice work. Ah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's where, I, and so I was kind of surprised when I got to the end, I was like, hmm, you know, I, I usually, the thing I appreciate about data is that you can read the data. You can also read people's opinion on the data. But the yeah. thing about numbers is that you get to arrive at your own opinion. Like you can think about why these numbers might be such that they are. You mm -hmm. don't necessarily mm -hmm. need people to tell you how to think about numbers. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like you can just kind of think about it yourself and say, hmm, you know, ask some questions around it. But I found it interesting that when you get to the end of this article, you actually get a hand slap for not doing more justice work. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, in this climate does not surprise me. It's sad that that happens. You, you, it doesn't surprise you, but you say it's sad that it happens. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, I want to go back to that. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I, well, I mean, unless you, you wanted to what just kind of. Are you saying that it's sad that the hand slap happens? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I. But here's the thing. I uh, genuinely mm -hmm. what what I, I want to know if my hand needs to be slapped. I just want to know. Okay. And and well, that's the question. Let's check it out cuz Okay. Yeah. Okay, cuz that's that's the question ultimately that mm -hmm. that I'm asking. And mm -hmm. and if we're looking for a title for this show, um that's the question that I'm pondering even as I read this article. I'm 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 wondering do Christians in America have a double standard regarding life and ethnicity? Hmm. Okay. Do we take a different approach to life than we do to um, the question of, and I, I'm very careful. Let me tell you something. I don't have a problem saying black or white because the Bible says this, right? So I don't have a, I don't have a problem saying black people or white people. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, I do have a problem with race because I think it tells a lie, even in its expression. Mm -hmm. There is one race. There is the human race. And that sounds like a cute little anecdote, but it's actually chalked full of lies, right? That when you say races, yeah. Um, that that there are multiple orders of creation, that there are people who are made lower and at different points and are on their way toward <laughs> being the superior race. I mean, so I, I do have a problem with that. So what we will say is we will say ethnicity and we will say partiality um, and however else we can maneuver, um, not using the term race because we believe that it tells a lie and it speaks against what the Bible teaches. That's right. All right, so Aaron the Addisons on mm -hmm. American Family Radio. When we get back, we will take a look at this story. I hope that you'll stay right there. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason to keep on believing. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving in, his love is the reason. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. So, again, just um, for the sake of the discussion, well, I'll just say, hey, I'm Miki. <laughs> and I'm Will, and that's unspoken with reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherry B's over in Studio CC. We will get you in on this conversation in the third segment. I will do my best to do it because I think that this is one of those where we can just talk about this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I so So the question is, do Christians in America have a double standard regarding life and ethnicity? Do we do and behave in a way um, when we're talking about the life issue 
that we don't do and behave in, in the same way when we talk about ethnicity. I am not going to, as best I can, and it's sometimes it's, it's hard to put to death old habits. I'm going to try as best I can not to say race, although I know that people understand the conversation when they hear the word race, mm-hmm. but it is not biblical actually to refer to races of people. That, that is taking um, something from the world Right. And then just trying to like clean it up and say, let's have racial reconciliation. Well, I mean, the (laughs) Bible says (laughs) that that we all come from one man, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. the Lord has done this from this. There's one blood. And 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 let me say this, not that we need it, but National Geographic said the same thing. Right. Like (laughs) and and all the Christians who read the Bible, Ken Ham and him, you know, they're (laughs) all like, thank you. Glad you guys made it. You know right. what I mean? Like we've already been here because the Bible already told us that. So so I don't have a problem with using um, color because the Bible does not ignore color of skin. Mm-hmm. Right. We just are so charged with this in America that we sometimes feel like, oh, it makes us nervous. Like you ask a person to describe another individual and they will be like, um, oh, it's the person over <clears throat> with the backpack over <laughs> There with the jeans and the hair. Okay, black or white. I mean, like, come on, just <laughs> let me know which direction that I'm supposed to be looking in right here, right? Because that, to, to say that does not mean that it is pregnant with partiality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's, there's this um, pressure that we've allowed ourselves to submit to where we're like, I don't even see color. Well, that's a shame. That's a shame because there is beauty in the way the Lord has allowed for all of us to look differently. Right. Like we would not walk into like the botanical gardens and be like, oh, look at these flowers. I do not see colors. Uh, Then go home. (laughs) You know, if if you're just there to smell around, you know. (laughs) Anyway, but part of the experience is that you do see color. And the same thing is true for all of us. It doesn't make you given to partiality. Notice I didn't say racist. It doesn't make you given to partiality because you notice the color of people's skin. And I I was going to say, I think people, when they say that, they're trying to say, I don't I'm not I don't make judgments. That's what they're trying to say. On people based upon the color of their skin. Yeah. You know, so I think we should just say that. <laughs> That's too but much. I do. That's too I, much. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. But look, let me tell you something. We are charged to live authentic lives in the culture. Mm-hmm. So we can put in a little bit of extra work to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can put in a little bit of extra work. Okay. So here is the story. Um, again, remember I said, it starts out that it appears to be um, some research from Lifeway. And then it turns into a slap on the hand that you're not doing enough justice work. Okay. So my question is, are we not doing enough justice work, quote unquote? Okay, okay, so here we go. A new survey from Lifeway Research found that less than half of Americans believe the nation's churches are too segregated. Yet most believe religious leaders play a positive role in improving, this article says, race relations. Where it's written, I'll read it. And in the interest of time, I won't continue to attack it because <laughs> we could, you know, that's going right. to be cumbersome. Right. Um, but this is what this article says. Uh, The survey of 1,200 Americans released Tuesday found that 42% of U.S. adults believe, quote, churches in America are too segregated, while 36% disagree and 22% aren't sure. (laughs) The people who aren't sure are some of my favorites. They're just, you know, they're the people that are like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You know, it's also the same people who give the somewhat answer. They don't want to say, like, Mm. you know, for sure, yes, or for sure, Mm -hmm. no, they're so you give them the somewhat option. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so 22% are, 
are not sure. Americans are evenly split on the question of whether or not the nation has come so far on racial relations. That's a quote, come so far on racial racial relations, end quote, with 46 percent agreeing and 46 percent disagreeing. That's that's mm-hmm. amazing. Evenly mm-hmm. split. However, white Americans are the most likely to say we've made significant progress. Fifty one percent. While African-Americans or black Americans, OK, life way, um, are most likely to disagree at 66 percent. Overall, 38 percent of white Americans and 52 percent of black Americans believe churches are too segregated. When thinking about how to improve, this article says race relations, most Americans, 57 percent, say religious leaders play a positive role. So what I'm seeing here, what seems to be recurring, is that if we are going to fix the perceived problem, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be our pastors. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the elders at our local assemblies who are going to fix this problem. I don't disagree with that in in total. Like, I mean, I, I think that we have always relied on the teachers and the overseers of our local assemblies Mm -hmm. to teach the word of God plainly. I mean, that's the charge that Paul gives to Timothy, right? Preach the word. word. So Mm -hmm. if there is any light that is to be brought to the darkness, that is partiality that is achieved through the word. Again, I don't want to be overly simplistic in this. And I don't want to say the things that upset Matt Chandler. I wish we'd grabbed the clip because he he got a little hot. And then he said, it. he was like, I'm sorry, I got a little hot there. He was really <laughs> upset about this, you know. And, and one of the things that he was upset about was that too many Christians are saying things like, just preach the gospel. And he's like, you don't just preach the gospel on human trafficking. He goes, you don't just preach the gospel mm. on the issue of life. He goes, but when it comes down to this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote him here, but let me just continue with this. So, so that's, that's the information that is out. Okay, Mm -hmm. and and initially when I read this article, you know, I go back to a question that we've already asked before, you know, does the church have a quote unquote race problem? Um, The answer is no, we don't, because a problem um, implies that there is not an existing solution. Right. Mm -hmm. So so we have a solution to people's lack of maturity. And their lack of growth right. as it pertains to the faith. So we have a solution to that. It is the application of the word of God. And again, I do not want to sound overly simplistic. We just had a show yesterday where we were talking about life and what churches need to do. And so that's why I am I'm open mm-hmm. to if my hand needs to be slapped, I'm open to having my hand slapped. But after that is done, um, then my expectation is, OK, so now what are you proposing? Mm. So you've you've just disciplined me. Now, what is it that I need to do better? Okay. so this article gets to the end and then it mentions Matt Chandler. And and that's where I want to make a shift here. All right. So in a 2020 sermon, Village Church pastor Matt Chandler criticized churches and pastors who don't want to, quote, get involved when it comes to issues of race, but would rather preach the gospel to that, quote unquote. Preach the gospel to that, quote unquote. All right. He said he finds such responses hypocritical. And I'm going to quote Matt Chandler here. And this is a sermon that he did back in June last year. Um, He says, quote, you don't just preach the gospel on sex trafficking. You don't just preach the gospel on the issue of life and abortion. No, you act. It's like this brain broke disjoint. (laughs) 
I wish we would have pulled the clip. Okay, it's like this brain broke disjoint that go um that's got us acting absurd and then critiquing this movement as being evil and dark when we have given up our inheritance. Now, what's really what's really interesting to me, and I want to be fair. He does a great job. And in fact, let me let me go to um a little bit more hmm. of that sermon. Um, and so because if you just have that one picture, you would think that Matt Chandler is calling for the church to show up and march. And maybe he is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it, he maybe he kind of is, you know, yeah. but he he does make this case. And, and okay. here he, he goes. I'm quoting him here again. He says, this will preach to this moment. Our inheritance and what we are being robbed of as believers in Jesus Christ right now in this moment is the unity of the spirit between all ethnicities born of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what this passage talking about Ephesians 1, um, 118 says that our inheritance mm -hmm. in the saints is that men and women from every tribe, tongue and nation on earth are part of our family. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I say right on. But here's what I want to say. And again, I don't mean this to sound condescending mm -hmm. or overly simplistic, but Matt, that's the gospel. Right. <laughs> like, what, what you just said is the gospel. If, if you continue looking at Ephesians, man, you see that Paul is making the case that the Lord Jesus has torn down the dividing wall. Amen. Right. Amen. So between the Jew and the Gentile, he has taken the two and made them one. And Jesus Christ has done this in himself. In other words, what the Apostle Paul is writing is that the other little divisions that you guys have among the Gentiles mm -hmm. um, doesn't matter because at one time all you guys were out. Right. So the only two people that we're talking hmm. about when we're talking about a divide is we're talking about Jew and Gentile. So that's why the case is already set up for like, OK, hey, hold on a second. In the body of Christ, there's no more Jew and Greek and Scythian and, and you know, slave or free and all of these things and all of the breakdown because um, the gospel. Yeah. But now I say that. And then my question to you, Will the Great, is <laughs> and not to put all the weight on your shoulders. But is that not the same thing that we say? about the issue of life. Mm -hmm. And and if it's if it's not the same thing, then what needs to look different? So look, I'm trying to make sure I understand everything that, that he's saying. Because yeah. in my mind, I I see because I mean it they talk about racial issues and 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 that stuff. Mm -hmm. In my mind I'm thinking, okay, it's bigger than that. It's partiality. All mm -hmm. right. Then on the other hand, we're talking about the life issue. So the partiality issue is addressed in the Bible clearly, mm -hmm. clearly. And mm -hmm. if we would do what the Bible says in Colossians chapter three, you know, mm -hmm. in James, like in all these different places about partiality. Yeah. I think we wouldn't have we, we wouldn't even be speaking in terms of racial mm -hmm. issues, but it's, it's partiality if there's if okay. there's anything there. So then somebody would push back on you and, and they would say, well, the Bible is also clear about life, but you guys still show up for that. There's an Can I tell you what I would say? What would you say? Okay. What would you say? <laughs> okay. So, well, unless, uh, but I want to, I want to, I want to let you finish your well, thought. I just wanted to, to push a little bit because that's what you do. To well, me. I'm just I'm saying there's a, there's a, there's a solution for partiality clearly yes. laid out. 
There's a solution for the life issue. I'm talking about for the church. Mm -hmm. Thou shall not kill. Like, amen. You know, like it's clear. So, but the shedding of innocent blood. So I think on both issues, we, we conquered them both. Okay, like, but we still participate in pro-life marches, and we still have okay. Um, even the call yesterday, the 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 call to the church was, you know, what are we doing as far as po- post-abortive work is concerned? What are we doing on the issue of life um, to actively show that these image bearers matter? And that's what Matt Chandler is saying. So, but so I, I, what okay. what does he suggest we do on the partiality so front, what, other than practice what the word says? I mean, we you can have a conference. We've done that before. You well, know, I think what is implied, <laughs> I, I think what is implied is that we need to show up and care about the the mourning, as he says, of 12 to 13 million people. So he is arguing that pretty much every black person in America is oppressed. See, okay, that's right. What he, he, that's what he's when you when you say you've got to you know care about twelve to thirteen million people um, who are oppressed. Well, he doesn't say oppressed, but yeah, well, and that's, that's basically what he's saying. Okay, yeah, right. When you give a number like that, so so here's what I would say though, because here's something else that he says okay. in that sermon here, and and I think that this might bring some greater clarity. Okay, um, he said, "quote When he's talking, he's talking about the civil rights movement in the 1960s, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says some other stuff, but in the interest of time." I can't get into it. Um, he says some other things about Martin Luther King Jr., which I okay. think are really interesting. But he he goes back to the civil rights movement of the mm-hmm. 1960s. And he says they would meet, they would pray, they would worship. They would kind of go over the rules of protest and then mm-hmm. they would march. This was a rhythm that was established by King mm-hmm. so that it was rooted in the church and that the church led out in a very real way on the civil rights movement in the 60s. Okay. Now, and, and then he says, and now one of the things that has happened is the church by and large has refused to participate. So you want us to be that, a part of BLM. Okay. Um, I know you just walk up and say run. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, and like he's, he's giving a call for BLM. Let me finish this. And then you okay. tell me what, like you tell me what, what you hear. He mm-hmm. says, and now one of the things that has happened is the church by and large has refused to participate, which means that we have turned over. God help us. We have turned over what is our inheritance to dark ideologies. Man, now, man, see. what's interesting about that mm-hmm. is that I really do believe that the message of reconciliation, which really is one message, the church has turned that over to the world, but the solution is not running into the world's mix and then trying to be a part of its call for reconciliation exactly. because it's not the same call. What we do, we do in the local assemblies. Like what we do, we do within the body of Christ, you know, to, to make these things right. So like, then Christians should stop marching for life. No, I don't think Christians should stop okay. marching for life. So you think they should start marching for social See, Whatever. okay, that's a, that's a, that is a great retort. I love that comeback. Let me just say this though: here is my defense for the Christians' involvement, and you're doing. Pastor Matt Chandler is doing this comparison, mm-hmm. going back to the '60s, but they were marching and protesting for actual laws to be changed. Okay, they were they were marching and protesting and saying, "Hold on a second. Blacks in America are full Americans and they deserve to have the full rights and protections mm-hmm. of Americans. Mm-hmm. So we still, last I checked, we still are allowing by law, it's yeah. an unjust law, for babies to be murdered. I think that is a greater argument for Christian involvement and in saying we are working to change laws. If we align with BLM, 
What are we marching to change? <laughs> right. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addisons, stay right there. In my brokenness, you are close to me. In my weakness, in my strength, you are highly lifted up. You sit high up on the throne. You are God, you are God. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Darius James with You Are God Alone. Nice. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. I tell you what, let's go ahead and start getting some calls queued up because I, I really want to hear from our listeners um, what maybe we are missing or just the way that you're taking this information. Um, so we'll get the calls queued up, and then we'll go to those calls in just a couple minutes. Um, but I do want to give Sherry B a chance to start getting the calls queued up. So the, here's the number, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The question is, do Christians in America have a double standard regarding life and ethnicity or mm. life versus ethnicity? I don't know, however you want to say that. Do Christians in America have a double standard? Mm-hmm. We're using as that backdrop um, a sermon from Pastor Matt Chandler from last last summer, just yeah. a few months ago in June, where he's saying, basically, you know, Christians don't want to just preach the gospel on the issue of life, on human trafficking. Um, we do stuff. We show up. We do stuff. Uh, I want to say one other thing from his sermon, and uh, and then I want to throw it to you, Will the Great, and get your take on it. Mm-hmm. But he says this, quote, you cannot point out all the, well, this means it's not. What he's talking about, just so you can understand, um, because I heard him say this, what he's talking about is when Christians stand up and, and say why we can't align with these organizations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's attempting to, he is saying that, okay, you want to say all of that, but then there's still a problem. So, okay. So here, this is what he says. He says, you cannot point out all the, well, this means this, and this believes this, and that's this, and that's this, and ignore the sorrow and lament of 12 to 13 million image bearers in our country. You can't do that. Um, he goes on. We mourn with those who mourn. And yes, there are demonic and evil ideologies at play. But that's where the people of God are meant to run with light and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not to sit back and snipe via social media. End quote. That is Pastor Matt Chandler um, lamenting the church's um, lack of involvement on mm-hmm. the issue of social justice and Will, to that, mm. you say. One thing I want to say about his point as far as, well, the, the, the point of, you know, uh, you know, equality of, of racial, you know, reconciliation and then the life issue, to me, is apples and oranges for the fact of with some of these cases, it's proven that there are false narratives Yes. That are being promulgated. So, mm. but when we That's look good. at the life issue, we know that babies are dying, Factual being numbers. killed, you know. Yeah. And so you want us to do what for some of mm-hmm. these false, not that all of them are false narratives, not all of them, but man, that's a good enough amount, you know, you know that are. So like what, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I get exactly what you're saying. And I actually think it's an excellent point. You know, I, here's what I would wonder as well. Why didn't we have... Um, this same type of conversation, we were talking about um, the attack on women, the assault on women. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we have Christian pastors saying that Christian women needed to show up and be a part of these pink hat rallies? 
Mm. Like why? Mm. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. Like why, why? do you say okay? Women question. are being abused. <laughs> women are being taken advantage of, and and we're sick of it. You know, this is a Me Too moment. Why didn't pastors say? You know, you need to get your pink hat deep, and, and 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 you need to. You understand? It's you deep need within to, the history. It's the I think it's the okay. whole. You know, it, the agenda of riding on the agenda of, of the black struggle. You can, uh-huh. it, it gets more traction. So so and and I, I honestly I feel like when the ideology gets at people, it it will break you down because for some people the worst thing that you can be accused of is being given to partiality or as we call it in our culture, um, racist. Right. Right. And so it's so guilt. if there's even a possibility of that, mm-hmm. then I need to be as far away from that as 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 I possibly can. Right. So much so right. you're contort. <laughs> everything to not be associated with being that when you yeah. know you're already not you're not but i mean you're gonna go and bend over backwards to make sure everybody knows how woke you are let me tell you something when there is something that needs to be done the church should do it yes but when there is something that needs to be preached and taught the sh- the church should preach and teach it mm-hmm. to to its adherence. So this, we're talking about the body of Christ and I'll say this and then we'll go to the phone lines. Um, in the early church, when you have under, under Roman rule, these babies that are being abandoned, left out is was called exposure. You have Christians doing, they are going and they are getting these babies because there is something to be done. So you have actual factual numbers, babies that are being discarded, right? Mm -hmm. But when you have the situation that is partiality in the church, there is preaching and teaching that is happening so that the community of believers looks different to the world and the church is called levelers. I'm trying to picture what the church would have um, gone out to do other than preach the gospel without discrimination Mm. to say to everyone, regardless of your color, regardless of your creed, regardless of your ethnicity, you're going to get the gospel. That's not a downplay. And even Mm -hmm. you're going to preach the gospel to Mm -hmm. these people who are discarding their babies, but the clear and present danger to the babies cannot be denied Mm -hmm. when, when, okay, I'm going to stop. Let's just go to the phone lines. Okay. Will the great, um, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Michael in Louisiana. Hi, Michael. How you guys doing today? Good, Hello. good. Great, great. You know something? I agree with you guys on a lot of the things you say, and I, and I tend to kind of disagree on some because, like I said, when you talk about from a spiritual issue, I think the church has faltered on both of these issues because mm-hmm. the church, just like in the 60s, the church at one time tended to not get engaged into civil rights because, you know, they they didn't, you know, think it was something that needed to come to the church. Martin Luther King and leaders, you know, certain leaders back in that time was able to get the church involved and made them realize that, hey, this is more than a social issue. You know, this is an issue where the church has to come off the pew and get mm. involved in. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking think of a letter from a Birmingham to, jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. A prime yeah. example that he addressed them. And I think that on the on the issue of 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 racial injustice, you know, it, I, again, I say the church has 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 closed one eye. The playing field isn't leveled. I, I wish that everybody had, you know, the only way the playing field was going to be leveled that we all accept Christ as our Savior and <laughs> see people as people and not as colors or as et- and ethnicity. But 
that time isn't come yet. And long as that time isn't here, we have to all be vigilant. From the, and it starts with the church. I mean, I grew up in the, down south in Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. And at the church, when, when the pastor would get up and say, you know something, Sister So-and-So over here, her air conditioner went out. Who is the air conditioner man in the church? That man that would go over there and do that. Sister So-and-So's roof is far. My father's mm-hmm. an electrician. And she said, the church needs a, this sister over here, electricity is having problems. My father would go because the church got involved. The church needs to get back involved with both, especially when it comes to the, to the children, because they don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. You know, we so, need to Michael, be So, Michael, let me voice. ask you this, because I know we got a bunch of calls queued up, but I want to ask you this before we let you go here. So what does it look like? What What is the church not doing today as it pertains to um, what is commonly called social justice? Like, what do you perceive uh-huh. the church not to be doing today? I, a, a prime example, okay, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm torn on Black Lives Matter, okay? I'm torn on that because, first of all, all lives matter. I agree with that 100%. But when it comes to the, 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 the way the law enforcement handles, you know, these instances where law enforcement has proven, just right here in Louisiana, four state troopers were arrested. Because, you know, one of the troopers, uh, not the one that uh, before these four were arrested, one was um, charged with uh, beating a black man, you know, senselessly. He bragged about it and Mm. he committed suicide so he didn't have to, you know, get involved. Not once have I heard the church say anything. I haven't have I heard the church come back and say it's a problem. You hear Black Lives Matter doing it, but they're going about it the wrong way. They're going about it okay, in a okay, way of breaking well, Michael, dollars. so here's what I'm trying to, man, I hear you. And I, I, look, I am, this is as genuine a presentation as I know how to, to, to make to you. Here is my question, though. Do we not have laws in America against police brutality? Like, do we not? So I guess what my question is, so if the, the church would stand up and say, we reject police brutality. Okay, yes. So we have we have no problem with that. There's not a law that we're working to change regarding that. So the the amount of quote unquote showing up for the church looks different. Um I'm just I'm I'm missing what it is that the church is supposed to do. And 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 I will just say and and if you've listened to this program for any length of time, I'm not torn on uh-huh. on Black Lives Matter at all. Like I I mean uh-huh. because the the gospel is enough. The Bible gives us our parameters for how we're to deal with one another and we don't need those I kinds agree. of slogans. But but go ahead. I'm just I agree. so so you to the point you just Let made, me answer go ahead. your question. Yes. Let me answer your question, okay? This is where I'm going to disagree with you. There is a law okay. in 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 the books for police brutality. But that law Police, police, police themselves. That tells us that mm-hmm. the law is broke. They police themselves. Look at the, the incident where and a prime example is um, a, a case that happened. I, I heard about it during the summer where the police officer was, was proven to be at fault. He beat a man senselessly. But here's the thing. He's still in the police force. Mm. He's still in the police force. The guy who, um, the, during the summer, the, the, the main driver, I'm, I'm running the brain cramp right now. The That's gentleman okay. that was that was he, that was beat to death 
you know, the ones that we all march for, you know, what's his name? I, I'm, I'm forgive me. Oh, forgive my, his uh, name. Floyd. Are you talking about George no. Floyd? Oh, okay. So you Floyd, Floyd is a prime example. The officer that did this to him, he had he had a history of beating people like this. You so know, what, does it, what does the church so do? What does the church supposed to do regarding do? this? The church did nothing. You said a second No, but I'm saying what should the church, should should church do? What should the church do? The church should get involved. And here's the thing. How? Not just the church. Civil, civil rights leaders should get involved along with the church and say, hey, there is a law that needs to be changed here. Okay. We have a voice. We have a voice for those people who are getting beat that nobody has a voice for. Okay, what is the law? Tell me. Okay, okay. So, so what is the law that should be changed? What is the law that should be the, changed? What? What? Here are, it is, right here. Okay. And, uh-huh. and I've been saying this for nobody to hear me. The law needs to be changed that so that police can't police themselves. They have internal police. Police is the worst accountability program out there. Police. Police, policemen, you have internal affairs, which is police, who go back and they investigate police, and then they turn their findings over to police, and police mm. make that call whether or not that officer can stay. And so okay. far, so Michael, that I'm gonna call have has to... been made wrong. Okay, no, I hear you on that, and I, I hate that I'm going to have to move on because we have some more calls that are lined up. I guess what I'm ultimately asking is what should the church be doing? And it sounds like to me that you're saying working if to there is laws, working to change that working law. to change that law or working to change the way um, investigations are handled mm-hmm. um, with with law enforcement. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm I'm not against that. I mean, that's No. That's, if 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 a person is behaving unjustly, then no, we don't want that. And right. we don't want it to be protected by a law that is not a good one. Mm. Right? Like we don't we And so I'm I'm I agree with that. I just don't think I need to align with Black Lives Matter to, for that. For that to happen. Oh yeah, man, I'm sorry. Okay, let's try to squeeze in another another call. <laughs> All right, let's go to Jody in Texas. Hi, Jody. Hi, how are you? God bless you on your ministry. Thank I you. wanted to let you know, um, I have a dear friend who is, uh, she's a nun, and um, her brother is a bishop in Nigeria. Our church tried to sponsor him at one point, but was not able to sponsor him to get into the United States. And our church refused to sponsor him on the count that he was a foreign citizen and it didn't matter that he was in a missionary type of setting. He just was not going to get sponsored. So here again, what do we want the church to do? What are they willing to do and not do? Here's a life in a different country that is life like anybody else, black, white, green, purple, what are they willing to do and not do? So what what is your observation of the situation, Jody? I just want to make sure that I'm understanding. And boy, I hate that we're running out of time here. We may what? have to carry this discussion over. Are you saying that the church cannot take up every cause? Is that is that the case that you're making? The or church, are you saying the church the should church take up? Doesn't doesn't want to take up every cause. It doesn't matter whether it's abortion, rape, whatever. They're not willing to stand up and do something about it and march, like you said. We need to get out there and we need to start thinking about what our job is. 
if we're Christians. Okay, man, Jody, I, I man, I want to unpack this a little bit more. I think I think we'll have to continue this conversation um, tomorrow. Maybe open the phone lines up a little bit earlier. Um, thanks for listening. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.